You are listening to Coaching Business Spotlight. Learn how to grow your business and yourself from the most inspiring coaches in the industry today. Your fun and entertaining host, Cat Connect, brings wisdom from her over two decades of success in business. Cat is the author of the best-selling book, Evolve Your Coaching Business, a leader for the Coactive Training Institute, and CEO of Soul Driven Success Business Academy for Coaches. It's time for today's big conversation with Kat. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Coaching Business Spotlight Show. I'm your host, Kat Connect, and I'm excited to share with you the many soul-driven strategies that there are to help you to succeed in your business and life. And today, we're going to take a look at fear. Ah, that's what I said. We're going to look at fear and how to create success in your business, in your life, despite the fears that arise. Now, once upon a time, I had a workshop that I called Fear to Love. The whole idea was to show the participants how fear keeps you stuck and love opens you up. But I'm going to be honest with you, this workshop was not a hit. (laughs) I did it quite a few times until I really got, oh my gosh, most people do not like looking at their fear to see what's there. They wanted to to keep what they were afraid of to themselves, all right? So I don't do that workshop anymore, but in my work with coaches who are building a business, I find that fear is a powerful force, especially (laughs) if you're a coach who's starting out. So in my book, Evolve Your Coaching Business, I have a chapter titled, Keep an Eye on Fear, because Fear is bound to intrude when you're doing something you really, really want, when you're going after a dream and it cuts your confidence. And sometimes when you make choices from fear, whether you go for it or whether you stop, they don't work out so well because fear kind of cuts cuts your creativity and intelligence. So anyway, I have invited a guest on who I believe can shed some light on this topic and help me to explore it. His name is Steve Page. And Steve, here's some credentials, some things to know about him. He's a co-active professional um, certified coach, as well as a professional certified coach. He's a front of the room leader for the Coactive Training Institute, a Six Sigma master black belt. He studied management and operations research, as well as classical piano. I love the diversity of that. Steve is a Dubai-based coach who works with corporate and private clients to create powerful change. He's British by birth, and he has over 25 years of executive leadership experience in the corporate world. 15 of them have been in the Middle East. He's unorthodox, creative, and often irreverent. I know this personally. He's also pragmatic and focused on getting results. He has a belief that powerful action and forward momentum is necessary without it coaching is only a conversation. So I am pleased to welcome to the show, Steve Page. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Kat. There I am. There you are. So good to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That guy sounds great. I should meet him. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I'm reading this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I know this guy. We should, we should have him on the show. He sounds brilliant. He just let's, sounds such a- let's do it right now. No pressure or anything. But really, there are a couple of things. I follow you on social media, 
especially mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, you have the most brilliant posts. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to give you a plug right now. People go out and Thank find Steve much. Page. <laughs> always, I'm always looking at him and go, what's Steve's perspective? And you had this one on fear. Yes. And th- in your own words, you called bullshit on the usual v- view on fear. I did, so yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. I'm curious what your take on fear is. That's my uh, that's my irreverence coming through. By the there it is. Bullshit. Yeah. But I, I do. I, um, you know, there's a lot of theory. There's a lot of chat out there, particularly when you're doing change or you, you're trying to do something in your life or like leave a job or whatever. And, and fear kicks in and people go, oh, no, you just do it. Just feel that fear and kind of fight through it. Just make it happen. Just face it and, and move on. And for me, that's bullshit because fear is is actually it's useful. It's there for a reason. Like any emotion, uh, fear is a feeling. A it feeling. is a feeling. What do you yeah. think? It. What do you think? It's. It's like. What is the purpose? Or what? What? What can actually we create from it? Like, what's the wise way to use fear? So fear, like any emotion, there's data in it. It's just our body's way of telling us stuff. So our brain gives us uh, thoughts, uh-huh. and our bodies give us feelings and emotions. It's just more data. Data. And so what, is, what does fear tell us? Fear. Fear tells us watch out. Fear mm-hmm. tells us. Just be careful. And fear tells us there might be something here. And and for me, this is a big belief I've got around fear. Part of fear is always real. There are some genuine fears, particularly around change. Mm. And then there's a whole raft of fear in that emotion, which is amplified, which is kind of taken out of all proportion. And so for me, working with fear is, is recognizing what part of that fear is real and what part of that is just the feeling being amplified? It's just your brain having an orgy in its head about, <laughs> oh, God, this is terrible. And, and, and it does, that. right? Your, your brain your goes. Brain having an orgy, like, ah, getting all yeah. worked up, getting all excited. I think there's also a story gets created with all that emotion, right? We often make up a story about what it means and how it's going to turn out. And is that is that what you think? Like part of the party up there is some kind of a whole scenario. It, yeah, it's it like a, a Hollywood movie that's being acted out. Yeah. It, it kind of goes on worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. It's um, always worst case scenario, isn't it? Always worst case scenario. <laughs> what if I never get a job? You know, what if I leave this and all my income is taken away and I have nothing and my family are destitute? Oh my God, so, we're pushing a shopping cart down the street because now we've lost our home and it just yeah. spirals. But I want to pick something out you said. So I have two, it's a two part question. <laughs> like, how do you know what's that? What, how do you do that? Like, okay. So we, let's say we accept your premise that there's data in the fear. <laughs> yeah. How do you find out like what part of it is the orgy and what part of it, you know, is just the um, practical wise information. You have to check in with yourself. And, and for me, I do a thing called a fear inventory with my clients fears don't like being looked at and actually no. we, do we do anything but look at them we do anything but look at what that fear means to us and so when you look at it when you actually spend time and fear inventory is very simple it's just literally list it out every day mm-hmm. you list out yep. this i'm trying to maybe i'm trying to leave my corporate job and so you just blast down every day what are the fears that i'm feeling around this thing and every day you do that, what you start to notice is the fears start to cluster together and they begin to lose their hold, their power over you Yes, because you're looking at them in the face because you're right. actually looking at it and you're facing it. And the clustering is interesting because often they, they kind of boil down to a few things. Often they're afraid of I'm not good enough or I'll mm-hmm. be rejected or I will fail. 
So they they often boil down to something. Isn't quite that funny how that happens? Like first they're all the great big with all kinds of specific disaster. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then they're just like these basic garden basic variety, right? Garden variety. Yeah. It's not going to work out. I might fail. I'm not good enough. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah. really boil down. And the really nice thing about when they boil down is then they they can be shared almost because everyone has these fears. And when you normalize that for an individual, you normalize that yeah. and you realize that actually I'm, it's not just me. Yeah, actually, right. It's totally normal to feel this if I'm I, making a big change. I love that. I love that uh, that expression, that normalizing it. There's a, a phrase called name it to tame it. I don't know if you've heard that, right? To just get it. So what I'm hearing, Steve, it's like getting the heat out of it, almost like the, because you've used the metaphor of orgasms. You've used the metaphor. (laughs) I never said orgasms. I said orgasms. You've taken it to a whole different place. (laughs) Okay. This is now an X-rated podcast. Uh, so you use the metaphor. I'll I'll move on. <laughs> use the metaphor of boiling it down. <laughs> so that I, you know, I, I kind of get the sense of heat. Like there's a lot of heat that comes with fear, yeah. right? L- like literally for people, their heart yeah, races. Yeah. They get their face. Get, you know, yeah, yeah. we get clammy. We get all. Yeah, it's physical, right? It's a very physical response when we start feeling fears. And and I'll, I'll go back to the orgy, turning the lights on on the orgy. So when yes. you turn all the lights on, which is you illuminate it, you make it, you know, like kind of just what's actually happening here. Suddenly it's just not so fearful. Suddenly it's mm. not so scary. So how how I work with fear is one, normalize it because we yeah, all feel fear. And we all feel fear about many things because it's a natural human reaction. We've evolved through time to be afraid. And we're afraid for very important reasons, which is it keeps us safe. Because when we're out hunting or when we're out kind of gathering food, our main premise was to stay alive and keep us not get eaten by the bear, right? Yeah, yeah. And and we out there. Yeah, we we don't want to be eaten by the bear. And we want to stay connected to the group because we we stay alive in groups. You know, socially we learned that to survive as a society, we have to be in a group. So the fear of rejection, Mm. that's just survival fear. So you always do everything you can to stay part of the group, to be accepted by the group. That's a so, really, I think that's a really interesting piece to put in. I think sometimes, at least I say, I forget that. I forget, oh, that's part of what this is. I'm doing, I'm doing something that means I could be rejected or disliked or, you know, yeah. even worse, like, oh, whatever, canceled, <laughs> whatever those yeah, things yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you pull the negative? I guess, So we're going through kind of through your process. You normalize it. You see it. You're not buying into it, though. That's part of it, right? We don't buy into there's, oh, into my gosh. No, buy into part of it. So okay. I, buy into, I, I buy into the real part of the fear. So if you're leaving, if you, I left a corporate job many yes. years ago. Me too. There's a genuine fear in leaving a corporate job about income safety, income yes. stability. And part of that is I'll be pushing a shopping cart around in the street and my family will be out of the home. And that's the, the, the kind of amplified fear. And part of it is a genuine fear about actually I'm moving into a situation where my income may not be so predictable. And that's the real part of the fear. That's the thing you have to pay attention to and not ignore. Because if you just leave the job without thinking about it, then you're just being reckless. And so understanding what is the real part of the fear and what is the whole feeling amplification part of the fear is really important part of the process. 
because the real part of the fear is where you have to create safety for yourself. Oh, we're really getting to something here. Um, Cause I know this is something that happens and, and this is my audience is primarily coaches and I know there are many of them out there and I work with some of them who want to leave their corporate job or want to leave and they either go to the dream. I All I have to do is go for the dream or I can't yeah. do it. The fear yeah. gets in the way. And what I hear you bringing here is there's this is like the third way. How about we look at the instead of we love to look at the dream. That's beautiful. And that's important sure. and holding that vision. But I actually hear there's something wise and practical about looking at something that can be really true, like income's going to go down. Potentially, yeah. It's potential, exactly. Or you have a real fear about income going down, and that may or may not happen, but you've got to deal with that fear. Because unless you start putting in place action or safety around that fear, you're never going to make the leap. You're Mm -hmm. never going to take that step because the fear is so great and you amplify it so much Unless you feel safe enough to take that first step and you feel safe in your income, if that's your fear, you're never going to change. You'll always avoid going there. I love this. So I'm just reminded when I when I decided to take the leap uh, and leave my corporate job, I sold my house. Mm-hmm. I had a really nice house and I bought an apartment house. Okay. And I had enough money to buy this apartment house so that my income would be replaced by the rent I would be getting by renting out apartment units. It was a really yeah. big, everybody I knew just thought I was crazy. Like, yeah. why would you want to take on that responsibility? And why, and, you did, know, you do why, why did you do it? So uh, to, for this reason that you just stated, for me, I wanted to go for full on success with my coaching business. I wanted yeah. to go for it. I wanted to make sure that I had the help I needed, that I could put foundational pieces in place. And I did not want to be pulled out by, am I going to be able to buy groceries this week? Yeah, or, yeah, which is a real or right. Or do I need to take on this really annoying person as my client <laughs> yeah, yeah. just because I need money? I'm like, I wanted that in place. So I was willing to I don't it didn't feel like a sacrifice, but in a sense, go, okay, I'm gonna do something to get those pieces choice. in place so that I can really be re- more relaxed about building my business. And and that's that brings me to such an important point, which is when you're driving your business from fear, what kind of business do you create? So if you're frightened about I have to make my paycheck, I have to bring the money in to pay the mortgage, or I have to pay the school fees, then you're gonna go out there in a desperate way looking for clients. And you're going to come across that energy of desperation, that energy of fear comes out in you. It comes out in how you talk to people. It comes out in how you sell your services. And therefore, you come across almost as desperate or pleading in everything you do. And that fear attracts more fear. So it becomes reinforcing. Yes. Evidence. You gather evidence for it. Yeah, yeah. You gather. You start to make sense of your world because actually it's just how you're showing up. But if you go out there like you did, which is actually I'm covered, I'm safe. I feel safe in how I approach. You actually start inviting clients from a place of abundance or a place of potential and prosperity, not from a place of scarcity. And so the fear mindset feeds all the way through into your sales process. It does. You know, it actually does. I I mean, I hadn't quite seen it so clearly. I, of course I know this, you know, on a basic level, but it's really feeling as you use the word amplified a little while ago, amplified to me. So I know a lot of coaches fail when they they go they 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 leave their jobs they want you know either to be executive coaches or they want to ha- be an entrepreneurs. I think this is one of the big keys. 
mm-hmm. is that they don't actually listen to pull out that one piece. You use the word safety. I think that's what really resonated with me. Create yeah. some safety. Because that's that people I'll be curious about you because I think some people think safety is a is a fear-based idea. I think safety is really important. We <laughs> this is an essential part of, of growth, you know. It, it's it's like putting the the kind of soil and the feed in the plant so that it grows well. The safety is needed mm-hmm. to kind of hold it. You need to be held in safety. I you love know, that metaphor. Plant. I'm gonna use that metaphor. I love that metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to just throwing seeds out there. (laughs) Something grows somewhere, sometime, someday. (laughs) Maybe it'll get caught. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Safety. uh, Without safety, then you'll, for me, it's about recklessness. Oh, yeah. You know, in in business, you create safety by having insurance. You know, I have public liability insurance. It keeps me safe. I, uh, I do health insurance to keep my family safe. You know, I have the things in place around me so that I feel that I'm standing on solid ground, that I can actually jump or leap from solid ground as opposed to standing on kind of rocky ground. So you can take risks from there. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. So once, yeah, yeah, like, so once you're like, okay, because risks, it's, it's, I think I like the word calculated risks, right? It's calculated. You put the foundations, it's going to be risky. Yeah, being yeah, an entrepreneur, can... being an being yeah. a, a human on this planet is risky. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I love that idea actually that that it, that safety, that solidity that you stand on, because you've created safety in your income or you've created safety psychologically for yourself, then allows you to take risk. Then it allows you to be brave enough to take the step the step forward, and then you can actually start growing your business. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't even have an exact question here, but there's something here, right in here. Like, what's the stepping stone then from fear to being a, to? So we've looked at. Okay, you face it. You normalize it. You pull out the thing that's true. Yeah. And what you said was how you know it's true is because you take the time. <laughs> you take the because your fear wants us to hide. You know, fear usually is like, no, look at me. So, yeah, don't, yeah, exactly. look, at me. <laughs> hey, look, look anywhere else apart from over, over at me do not look That's at right. me like an orgy right no one wants to look at what's going on orgy <laughs> i knew we'd bring that back in somehow some way we I just know. had to right it's so, so, so so once you get to that place where you see and here's here's where i loved this other um part I, I brought in in your in your introduction about being pragmatic so you're fun you're a fun person steve i know this you're creative and yet mm-hmm. you have this practical part of you, like you are, you have been able to integrate those parts of yourself. That's how I see it. Uh-huh. What's the, how, do, what's the action piece then? How do you, from the fear, so you face the fear. Yeah. Now what? Now you do the actions, right? You decide what is it I want? What What is it that I will make me feel safer? Is it, if it's income, do I need a savings cushion? Do I have to actually spend some time creating a savings cushion to actually make a move? If it's status, because often when you move oh, out of yeah. corporate, there's a fear of loss of status. Yeah. Do I have to find something where I maintain status, where I still feel privileged? Do I still need to have, I don't know, stay in nice hotels? Do I still need to reward myself in certain ways? Because actually that is part of who I am, that I recognize that I need some level of status. But acknowledging and then doing something in alignment with that fear so that it's kept safe. You're kept secure around the fear. For me, it's important. Otherwise, you're just talking, chatting, 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 talking, talking, talking. 
That's and, really and powerful. You, thank you for saying that. Yeah. For no, me, it's, it's really is. It's like, because I, I love you saying it. <laughs> I feel like you have a certain way you say it that is like, that just sounds true. Just chatting, 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 hoping, yeah. wishing, thinking it'll come true. Yeah. You know, so there's action <laughs> to make yourself safe. I feel like there's some other pieces that come to my mind. You said something earlier about how fear, we, we have fear of rejection. We have fear of how whatever people are going to look at us. They're not going to like us. I wonder if one of the actions, I mean, I wonder, I'm just going to say, I think one of the actions that's really good Own it, for, for Own coaches, it. especially coaches, because we're talking to coaches, is to find new allies, get people walking beside you, get support. Have what whatever word you want to use, your tribe, your people, so that you are not doing it alone. Because I think fear, I you know, we want to hide, and we also literally want to hide from people. Yeah, <laughs> kind of try and do it on our own until, until we get it right. Yeah, then we'll and share it, it with other people. In, in looking at the coaching business, particularly, that's so important. Uh, the coaching industry generally is full of lovely people who have very little ego, and therefore there's not a lot of competitiveness between coaches, I find. Um, so finding your tribe, finding people who can support you, finding people who have been there ahead of you and have done their own journey and can advise and support and connect is really important, help you connect to opportunities, help you to connect to new um, prospects, that kind of thing. is so important from a new a new coach's perspective. Yeah, just to I and I'm an, I'm an old coach. <laughs> I've been a coach yeah. for like 20, 20 years. And it's like, I still am amazed at how important my connections with other coaches yeah, uh, for same. my, for my business, for my uh, emotional wellness and health for yep. fun in my life. It's like, it's, it's, I, I had no idea. I've never been in a profession. I have never yeah. been in a profession where actually staying connected Making friends, it, having colleagues with the people, other coaches is actually an essential part of my success. It's yeah, I totally agree, one hundred percent. It's an essential part of success and sanity. And to do that, you also have to overcome a fear of scarcity. Because I remember when I started, there was a tendency which is like I daren't talk to other coaches for fear they steal my my little client <laughs> or your idea. I've had well, coaches idea, say, yeah, yeah. Like, "Oh gosh, I can't share this. What if somebody takes it?" I'm like, "Really? I don't think so." I mean, really, exactly, we can all yeah. make up our own ideas. We don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about. Yeah, and and that brings me to my other point actually, which is yes, form links with coaches. Yes, build bridges and form networks with other coaches because that's your essential sanity to be part of that community. And don't be afraid to do your thing. So don't mm. follow the herd. Because clients come to us as coaches, not because we're offering the vanilla coaching package. They come to us because we offer ourselves. You know, a client will come to you because there's something about you that they want. That's why clients come to us as coaches, because we're vulnerable enough to put ourselves mm. on the line and because we've been through a lot. And we share that very openly and very transparently and very visibly for clients so that they can learn through our experience as well. So don't, as a new coach, don't be afraid to follow your own path and it be very different to anyone else's. Your own pricing, your own product. Yeah, it can be totally yes. you. Don't be afraid to hold the flag of who you are and what you bring high and not fit in with everybody else. 
because that's also an important part of of why coaches are successful. That's right. It is so paradoxical it, it, or with some other word. It's like that. It's like, oh, it doesn't seem like it should be true. Totally be yourself. Vulnerable. I get asked this a lot from the clients I work with, the coaches. They're like, I, you really are telling me to put that story out there? Uh, tell that thing about that stupid thing I did or that failure that time where everything went to hell in a handbasket for me. I'm like, yeah, I actually am telling you to do that. Like, I'm not just saying that's, you know, maybe you should. I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's, who, you are. You that's are. who that's who you are. And you said a couple of things I want to underline, Steve, because because you said them fast. But this Sorry. is important. No, it's like this is what I do <laughs> on this show. I'm like, OK, I'm going to grab some of those nuggets. Because you're like, even if it's your pricing, even if it's your packaging, everybody wants to know how much should I charge for this thing? How should I put this together? And you can get advice and you can get, you can go out and do some research. It's good. I'd like to find out what are other people charging or kind of what are they doing, but don't base it on that. No, put it together. This is how it feels right to me. Exactly. This is the way it's going to feel because this kind of goes back to our other part of our conversation because that's what clients are going to, they're not going to feel otherwise what's, what is it? It's like fake or it's like shallow that people feel when you're just doing something somebody else does. Yeah. It's like, uh, why, why would I spend money with you? What's different? You're just like that? everybody else. I just yeah, already I'll, heard that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go to an AI coach generator. And I'll, <laughs> I'll get right. auto coaching. Thank you very much. Five other people say the same thing you just said. You know, yeah. why should I go with you? So here's another, there are two things I really want to make sure we cover in our time we have left, <laughs> but this one just sparked for me. And that is, so there's a whole other different kind of fear. Uh-huh. That's a whole, that's not, that's like fear of being yourself. Yeah. There's a fear of putting yourself out there and being yeah. rejected, even, even though you're just being you. Yeah. yeah. That, that. Isn't that funny? I mean, it's a yeah. funny thing, a fear of, it's, it's, I think it's a core fear for, especially for coaches. In business, a fear of being ourselves. Yeah. How how dare I earn money for just being me? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I to be out there earning money for just being myself unapologetically? Yeah. That's so what do you have some words of wisdom on that or some experience like how that works? Yeah, I just want to, I just want to swear at this point, but I won't. Um go ahead, you're loud. It's just a podcast. <laughs> we're not we're not on the radio or anything. Uh, I'd say screw it. I mean, screw okay. everyone. I was going to say a stronger word, but it's, it's inappropriate. But yeah, mm -hmm. it, there, there's something about getting really comfortable in your skin as a coach or getting comfortable in who you are as a coach or as a person and recognizing that not everyone needs you or wants you as a, as a, as a coach. You don't have to have everyone as your client. I'm, I'm laughing at that because it's just so true. If you think everybody needs you and wants you, you're just you're in trouble. <laughs> it's you're just in gonna, big trouble because yeah. you can't serve everybody yeah. and you can't support everybody. And do you really want to work with everybody? Probably yeah. not. No, probably not. No. So getting com getting comfortable with the fact that you're not the coach to all people. You're actually the coach to a certain type of person or a certain type of situation. And getting really comfortable with that and, and what you bring in those situations. So it sounds like it's no. about getting comfortable with yourself. Totally. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, because you, the, it comes in a place of confidence, which is I can learn to say no. Mm -hmm. I don't have to take every client on because I'm afraid that if I don't, then no, no new clients will come. 
you know, that again comes from a place of scarcity, which is, which is there's only this client and then there'll be no one else comes after it. The brain amplifying the fear of there'll never be another client. Actually, through time, and this this also happens in the, in when you're running your own business. Mm-hmm. For me, it took about 18 months to learn that I can say no to clients and there will always be more clients behind them. It's not like it's, you know, I say no to one client, then no one ever shows up ever again. Well, here, no, but here's, I'm going to add in a practical piece to that. Because I believe in in having a strategy around marketing. Yeah. And you talk about practicality, about pragmatic action. If you stay in action and you have a marketing, you know, mindset where you're putting yourself in front of Thanks. the people who are most likely to hire you, that, for, so kind of connecting that with the safety piece around fear. Yeah. If you do that, you will know there's always going to be somebody else. Absolutely. And the more you do that, the more you do the marketing. It's, it's again, I don't know. It's like a, once you get in that flow, oh, I put myself out there. It's really, really vulnerable. And yet I get clients from that. And so I don't have to say yes to everybody, Yeah, but I have to keep putting myself out there. It, you're always marketing. You're always, always in relationship marketing. You're always, always doing that as a coach. Always, um, always. Always, always. No, no. And you said, no, it never stops. And you say, you know, you use the word relationship marketing, which is a, one I love. I just think that you're always in relationship with people, telling them what's, you know, potential for them, ways that they might have their life be better. And you Absolutely. might be the, you might be a person who could help them. Yeah. I, and I love where you're coming from there, because that's that for me is what marketing in this industry is about. It's yes. about continuously being in relationship with people and being authentic and being honest. And it's overcoming that inbuilt belief that often you have in selling that you're a kind of greasy car salesman mm-hmm. and you're trying to put one over on somebody and you're trying to kind of hide the truth or steal from them. And that's just not true in what no, we do it's not true. in our industry. What we do is we serve and we help. And when you come from a place of um, authenticity and being genuine about how you do that, both in terms of how you serve people, what you offer in terms of your experience and who you are as a person, mm. And also authentic about how much you charge for that because you create enormous value for people. That's right. Then you're always marketing. But it's not really marketing for me. It's just I'm always in relationship, whether it be on Instagram or LinkedIn or talking. I'm always in relationship. It's just that we are now forming relationships through different mediums. We don't just form them through one-to-one. We form them through social media. It's just the truest thing. Steve, and I want to underline this because I had on a social media expert on my show a while ago, right? Been doing social media for years, knows it all. This was her number one tip, what you're saying right now. She's like, yes, yes, you can get all the, uh, what is it, algorithms and you can figure this and this out. She said it's relationships. It's just like, it's just what it is. You're just connecting with people, getting to know them. You want them to get to know you. You find some people you like, some people you don't, some people hate you. They're like, oh, what kind of garbage is that? Some people are like, oh my gosh, Steve, he's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just how it is. It's called social media for a reason, right? That's right. That's right. Now, here's my last question before we run out of time. Okay. So you are a fun guy. This is just a fact. It's a fun guy. I've worked with you, had the most fun (laughs) working. And yet when we worked together, Steve, I got lots of good feedback from people. They got what we taught them, 
right? It wasn't like, like we were just having fun. <laughs> 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 like, we were just jamming. <laughs> <laughs> but what I what I'm curious is about how do you keep that fun or bring that fun into your work as an entrepreneur? Because I know it's hard for sometimes. They're hard days. Sometimes it feels so freaking serious. That's a good question. How do you bring that fun into the work as an entrepreneur? I think that's probably my edge right now, actually. That's probably what oh. I'm working on. Oh, okay. Um, maybe that's why you're on the show today. Maybe that's why we're talking about <laughs> orgasms on the show. Um, that's right. What I know about myself in terms of how I work is that I bring a lot of fun into my work with clients. You do. I think my, I think in my business, mm-hmm. I'm learning to loosen up. I'm learning that it's okay to also not take the whole business so seriously. When I, yeah. when I actually... When I, again, we go back to creating safety, when I create safety for myself in my business. So for example, I do think I did things last year. I was so concerned I was not getting any clients. I actually started to write down how many prospects have I had each day? How many people mm. contact me? Just so I began to feel safe around my pipeline. And as I've created features that make me feel safe in my business, then I can kind of let go and relax in the business and have a little bit more fun with it and be more entrepreneurial and try mm-hmm. new things out and be playful with proposals or playful with ideas um, and, and take more time out. And, and, yeah. and actually, you know, I'm in, play I'm in the, France. Play, play, the, play the piano, right? <laughs> I can play the piano or be in France like I am right now and, yeah. and actually, actually allowing myself to be successful, allowing myself, because this is the big fear. Actually, yes. it's not our, it's not our dark, it's our light that frightens us most. The fact that who are we to be this good? Who are we to actually create this impact? And who are we to have created a, a lifestyle that we love? Yes. And that's the, actually a bigger fear than the other fears we've been talking about. Wow. Stepping into that place of actually who am I not mm. to be running a successful business? Who am I not to be living life to my best ability? When we step into that place, and overcome those fears, that's when we really start to live. That's the deep work. That's the deep work, right? That's, that's why deep. all coaches need coaches. I'm just going to say, I'm going to give a shout yeah. out because we got to yeah. do, right? We have to do that deep work. If we're going to keep, if we're going to actually be successful and help as many people as we possibly can, Absolutely. we need to do that deep work. But I, but, but you really named something, Steve, that I think is brilliant. Really, I feel like throughout this whole show, you've been bringing this message. So part of having fun in business is having your ducks in a row. That's my yes. metaphor. <laughs> get your get some ducks in a row, get some foundational pieces, get yep. some marketing things going, track some yep. things if that makes you feel good. And then you can have more fun and they yep. go together. They're not opposite things. It's not serious, Steve, and then fun, Steve. It's exactly. like you can have fun as you're doing the pragmatic fun. things. That's yep, brilliant. Absolutely. That's yeah. brilliant. My coach, my coach to me always says, if your business is boring and you're bored in your business, that's probably a really good thing. It means it's working really, really well. <laughs> okay. And I love that. I love so, that. so here, so here we go. Lots of ways you can have fun. It can be boring. It can be up and it can be down. I'm going to say for me having my own business though, it's always worthwhile. Always. It's always worthwhile. And it's been really worthwhile having you on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So Thanks. listeners, if you want to find out more about Steve Page, is it stevepagecoaching.com? Yep. Stevepagecoaching.com. So Steve, S-T-E-V-E, Page, P-A-G-E. 
Go find him. He's got I, I went to his website. He has get on his newsletter blog news list. I swear to you, you will not regret it. You will come and you will thank me because he has brilliant <laughs> things to say. You'll find out more about him. Thanks so much for being here, Steve. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of the Coaching Business Spotlight. What are you taking away with you today that you will put into action right now? Connect with us on both Facebook and LinkedIn and let me know. I also love to hear your questions and suggestions for upcoming shows. To keep inspired on your journey, make sure to visit our website at souldrivensuccess.com and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to accompany you on your journey to success. Until our next episode, take care and we'll catch you in our next conversation. Stay inspired.